Welcome to the Discerning Gamer Podcast, your premium destination for all things gaming culture. We have the latest in gaming news, reviews of the hottest new games, discussion and analysis of the games of yesteryear. When you're short on time and need your gaming fix, look no further than the crew who know their master chief from their master sword. I love Halo. Your hosts, Joel, Simon, Casey, and Ferg. So toss a coin to your Witcher and answer that call of duty. It's time to level up. This is the Discerning Gamer Podcast. Welcome uh, once again to the Discerning Gamer Podcast. This is Joel JB Fury welcoming you back into the fold for another week of gaming culture news and reviews and everything else going on. Uh, but I can't do it alone. As always, with me is the DG crew. We have the Prince of Pre-Orders, the Sultan of Steam. He's enrolled at Bullworth Academy and ready to give you the royal flush. It's Fergus Fergamon <laughs> Hamilton. Welcome to the show, Fergus. G'day, JB. How are you, mate? Oh, I'm fabulous. Jumping at the bit. Our next guest is the gaming chef. Uh, <laughs> he slips in and out of EB Games like a brusque wind. And he's here to... Uh, <laughs> Uh, he's, he's not afraid to slap a few comedians for subpar insults about his wife. It's Simon Steely McLaughlin. Welcome to the show, Simon. Oh, thank you so much, JB. If there's one thing that my hands can do, it's slap. And um, if there's one thing that my body can do, it's move swiftly through a room just like the wind. If, absolutely. <laughs> I'll pretend I understood every word of that, Steely. Finally, uh, she's the Nintendo queen. She can recharge by draining electricity from powered sources or from living beings. It's Casey C. Mac McLaughlin. <laughs> Welcome to the show, C. Mac. Thank you, Joel. Oh, and and let's not forget. And now the only host who forgot to add Chrono into his party when forming the DG crew. He's the man who points and clicks on each episode, the Sparky Gamer, the only ghoul you'd let live in the fallout, despite Fury being his name, Fury is not his game. He's the only JB you can go to when, oh, he's, he's the only JB you can't go to when pre-orders are on the horizon. And did I mention he lives in the Forbidden West? It's Joel JB Fury by Shane. Yeah. Thank you, Simon. Nice one. Oh, mate, it's been it's been a big week. It's been a big week. Uh, I, I got notifications that uh, a few of the items on my PlayStation wish, wish list had gone on sale, and uh, I was like a nice. kid in a candy store. So I've uh, I've scooped up Death Stranding, uh, which I'm hoping to uh, you know have a crack at. Um, I've I've not been real big on the uh, Hideo Kojima uh, games in the past, but I know they've got a an almost cult like following. Um, you know, from all the people that are big fans of like Silent Hill and. Um, certainly Metal Gear Solid falls into that category as well. So I'm, I'm really keen just to give Death Stranding a bit of a go and see see what the fuss is about. So um, you reckon? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I know I know that you've had a go at this one, Simo, and you, you weren't real uh, sure that it was uh, it was the goods. Um, but uh, no, I, Look, I'm going to break it to you, Joel. I didn't have a go at this one. I just looked at it and went, that's not for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that just... I don't know if... Something about being uh, just a courier in a game that doesn't really interest me that much, especially when it's just walking everywhere. But hey, good. I wish you all the best. Well, they got the the PS5 remastered uh, director's cut version out now, and um, I have I've uh, I've heard it talked about a bit, uh, you know, around the around the uh, the traps. So. I reckon, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a go, and uh, I've also scooped up World War Z uh, Aftermath. I think uh, I think it is so uh, another uh, you know shoot 'em up zombies uh, game. Um, mate of mine uh, bought it not long ago, and he's raving about it. So I thought, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll give it a go. And that one that one wasn't. Uh, I think it was under thirty bucks. So you know when it's uh, when it's sub thirty dollars, it's uh, usually uh, all right to roll the dice on. There's value to be had there, JB. Oh, absolutely. And uh, speaking of value, well, in the news this week, we've, we've there's there's been all sorts of stuff coming out, um, uh, but uh, one of the most exciting things is for for fans of uh, of all things Disney out there. Um, I know there's there's a hell of a lot of you. Um, you know, I'm I'm particularly one of them. I love all the Marvel and the Star Wars stuff coming out of Disney. 
We've got uh, an announcement for Kingdom Hearts 4 and Kingdom Hearts Missing Link uh, officially announced at the series 20th anniversary event. So while no platforms or release date slash window for Kingdom Hearts 4 was revealed, we did get a glimpse of Sora uh, in the new world of uh, Quadratum. Uh, a quick look at the gameplay and an ending tease with Donald Duck and Goofy. Is this uh, is this doing anything for you, Ferg? Oh, yeah, I'm, like you said, I'm a big fan of well, all things Disney now, as far as Star Wars and stuff. Kingdom Hearts are games that I've never played. Um, I think my first PlayStation, I only got maybe 2017, I think, and I think about I think the third one was out at that point, or maybe not. I can't remember, but Games that they look really interesting. I think that that Disney Final Fantasy mashup thing looks really really cool. So I'm definitely interested to give them a go. But I think Kingdom Hearts, like a lot of games that have been sort of big series on PlayStation, like Final Fantasy, I always look at them and think, you know, where do you start with these games? There's been so many of them, and you yeah. sort of nearly have that mm. that fear of you don't really want to dive in because you don't know where to dive in. So yeah, I don't know. I've never got around to playing them, but they look very interesting. And and now that you know. The Disney world includes Star Wars and and Marvel to an extent. Now it'll be interesting to see if any of those characters rear their head because I don't think they have previously. So, well, the footage that we were shown uh, demonstrates like an art style that very much resembles the previous games, but had a much more realistic look this time around. And Square Enix, yeah. the developer, has also confirmed that the game is in early development. So, uh, could be a long wait before we uh, before this one sees the light of day. Um, for those who who aren't familiar with the Kingdom Hearts series, it's a crossover between Disney and Square Enix based in an original fictional universe. Uh, it centres around the main character Sora and his journey and experiences with various Disney, Pixar and Square Enix characters. So um, the primary plotline of the series uh, sees the protagonists clash against multiple incarnations of Xehanort, the primary antagonist. Hmm. Uh, so I've got no idea about any of those because like you, Ferg, I've never played a never Kingdom played. Hearts game. However, my kids have watched uh, many videos of it on YouTube, uh, especially when uh, Frozen was at the peak of its yeah. popularity and uh, I believe Elsa was sort of incorporated into into the Kingdom Hearts uh, game and everything. So, um, yeah, I don't know. What do you what do you think, uh, C Mac? Uh, Kingdom Hearts for a bit more your speed. Yeah, we played. Um, which one did we play? Number one. We, yeah, we played we number started one. Number two. Yeah, so we finished number one and we started number two. I, I it's it, it's strange. I really enjoyed it, but it dragged on a lot. Like it was really draining the game I don't it just didn't seem to end and it kind of put us off the franchise a bit we um yeah we, we didn't quite get into number two but I'm just having a look at the trailer now and it looks insane so mm. it looks so realistic and I and it, it just looks like it's a bit more thought out I don't know it's it's funny because Kingdom Hearts <clears throat> is one of those franchises that everybody tells you that you're gonna love yeah and so when you go and start to play it you you go in with this idea in your head that it's just gonna be wonderful and amazing and don't get me wrong there is so much um to to enjoy about these games obviously that crossover works so well it mm. creates such a fun dynamic um it's just that the the storytelling is very Final Fantasy so it's gets very convoluted and mm -hmm. that's the kind of, that's a part where I got lost as well. I found that it's not just this clear cut storyline. There are so many twists and turns and, and things in between and the time periods always change. And I just found that I kind of just got too much for me but to care like to got, follow. Yeah. It, it, this was the first game. I just feel like it felt very like, like a final scene. We would do like a massive boss and it was a final scene and then it would just keep going. Like, oh, okay. Then we'll have another sort of final scene. Then it kept going and it went, kept going and we just could not believe yeah. how much it dragged on. So we've been really put off by it, but um, I'd definitely give this new one a go. It looks, I don't know, it looks great. 
Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, uh, it's got that next gen polish, that next gen feel. You know, yeah, uh, you yeah. can bet they've they've thrown a bit of ray tracing in there. Uh, you know, I think they're, they're talking Unreal Engine five for this one. Is this oh well, one? Mm-hmm. could could well be. I think I, I mean, saw that. Have to fact check me on that one, but I mean, I think there's I there's, there's going to be so many studios jumping on Unreal Engine five when you look at the quality of what it's able to produce. It's just uh, amazing, really. Hmm. Um, yeah, so um, well, that's that's probably. All we really need to cover on Kingdom Hearts. I mean, wait, it's uh, wait until we hear more. Yeah, it's pretty early days, so um, uh, I reckon I will hand over to you, Ferg, for uh, your news this week. Yeah, cool. Not so so much news, but something I saw during the week is uh, EB Games are running what I thought was a pretty cool competition. Now, if you're listening in Australia, you obviously would probably be very familiar with EB Games, but for everyone else, I suppose they're just about the last remaining brick and mortar you know games predominantly selling Mm. games only store left in australia i'd say i think there's it's been quite a few over the years and they're sort of the only one that's sort of you know been able to still ticking along still ticking along so survive survive so um this year is going to be their 25th annual anniversary after opening their first store in 97 and to celebrate they've got a cool competition they're basically on the hunt for their earliest customer. So I'll just read the uh, full competition announcement here. It says, Since 1997, we've had millions of loyal and passionate com- customers walk through our doors. To celebrate our 25th anniversary this year, we are searching for EB's earliest customer. Could it be you? Do you have a photo or home video of you holding your very first purchase at Electronics Boutique, which is what they were known before EB Games? Mm-hmm. Maybe it's an original yeah. receipt or a bank statement. We want to see if you are earliest customer. So, yeah, they're on the hunt, and the prize is two and a half grand shopping spree at your EB Games, which is pretty good. Um, so, yeah, yeah, that sort of got me thinking. I'm sure we've bought plenty of things at EB Games over the years. Does the crew have some good, maybe fond memories of buying, picking up games at an early date at EB Games, or maybe their first gaming purchases? Well, I remember, uh, and I reckon I did buy it from EB Games, uh, back in the day when the original Xbox was released, um, I didn't have enough money. I had to borrow some money off my girlfriend at the time. Off your girlfriend? Yeah, yeah. She was. Uh, she was. Uh, she was very, very uh, congenial to lending the money, and you know, so I went in there and I bought, you know, the Xbox and and Halo. I did pay her back. I did pay her back. I didn't. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, just uh, you know, take off with That's the coin it. and it broke, uh, kick it to the curb. After. Um, <laughs> And uh, yeah, I remember you know rushing home with it, setting it up, and you know just playing Halo for the first time was just an experience all on its own. Like that, that was just amazing. Uh, I'd never never played anything like it up to that point. So um, yeah. yeah, that's probably the earliest memory I've got of EB games, EB games. and using my own my own heart, well her own hard earned uh, <laughs> coin to uh, make the purchase. <laughs> Yeah, nice. I, I I can't I wouldn't know what my first purchase at E B games was, but I've got fond memories of my first gaming related purchase ever with my own money. Um this winding the clock all the way back to nineteen ninety five, I think it was doing some fact checking. Now, when I say my own money, this is money that I'd uh cons- you know, acquired through pocket money and birthday money and stuff. I wasn't, you know, at six years old doing night shift at Woolies or anything. So this was my money that I acquired through pocket money, but I I remember very clearly buying an original Game Boy, a black brick Game Boy. That's intense. Yeah. So this would have been about oh. 1995, and for some reason I can remember it costing a hundred dollars. Um, and yeah, when they I weren't cheap, they weren't no. cheap. And and when I bought it, it came with, and I had to look this up as well. It came with this game called Game Boy Gallery Five in One Games. Which was yes. which was basically five of the original Game & Watch games that Nintendo released in the 70s and 80s when you used to buy an actual, I don't even know, like a handheld console that would play one game. Yeah, and it so just had took, like a little LCD yeah, screen on. Yeah, and... so they took five of those classic games. And yeah. in this one, it was there was Ball, Vermin, Flagman, Manhole, and Cement Factory. So oh, Vermin. These were, you know... These mini games, for example, the manhole one was you were basically underneath the street and people were walking across and you had to run across, stick the manhole lid in so they could, you know, make it to the end and you'd accumulate points. Mm. Um, 
I thought you were suggesting you were you were sort of poking them with things through the like the drain and uh, you know no, trying you're, to you're inflict, a good Samaritan <laughs> you're trying to damage. help them. That's it. No, so that, that was the five and one. And interestingly, I think a few years later, um, Nintendo released what was a newer version of that again, and it was all Mario themed. Mm. And I don't know if you guys ever played them, but there was you know Mario yes. Factory and stuff like that. So that I was reckon the- uh, Simo, you've you've still got a Donkey Kong one of those games uh, kicking around at your your mum and dad's place. Uh, I reckon. Yeah, I think it is. I think there's still one hanging out in one of the drawers in there. And like, it was this, it was so cool. It was this little yellow cartridge for Donkey Kong Land. And yeah, yeah. oh my God, the Game Boy. Because <laughs> <laughs> so good. Interesting you should say that, Simo, because that's where I'm going next. I remember the, the Game Boy came with the five and one. And the first game that I bought at the same time was actually Donkey Kong Land, which was the original 95 version. Um, so that was the sequel to Donkey Kong Country, which was on the SNES. And they released Donkey Kong Land. And then I think the one you're talking about was a re-release of it with the yellow cartridge or something. So, yeah. With the yellow, yeah. Back in uh, 1995, <laughs> just buying a... Uh, spending all of my hard-earned acquired money on a on a black Game Boy and getting 5-in-1 and, and Donkey Kong. What about you, Simon? What's uh, What's one of your first memories well, mine isn't actually that long ago. I mean, when we were growing up, <clears throat> mum and dad were always just about getting us those things for, you know, birthdays and Christmas. And that was that was kind of it for us. If we wanted something, it would be the birthday or it would be Christmas. And so we would always wait for those times of year to get those like games and stuff like that. But when I got a bit older and I, I finished acting school and I was um, doing a, a kid's show at the time and I was just, I was, pulling in coin left right and center really <laughs> like i had a casual job i was you know i was living with you joel i was, I was didn't have a girlfriend yet didn't have casey yet to <laughs> tell me to save money because you know we want to buy a house and stuff like that so anytime money came in i would try and figure out oh what's something that i haven't done in a really long time that i want to do and i was thinking to myself i really want a 3ds because i mean it had um, at the time, it only had, you know, Ocarina of Time 3D, Super Mario 3D Land. Um, it also had uh, Mario Kart 7 on there. And I, I was just frothing at the lips to get to that. So I, I went out and I bought myself a blue 3DS and a whole bunch of other games and stuff. And I was just, yeah, I just spent, I think, a good solid week just, you know, foaming at the lips with that and just enjoying my time and Jeez, playing like around with 3D. Um, yeah, just like dripping and, and excited. You, you, may need to, I mean, you may need to pull back on all the, uh, you know, all the wet lips talk because, uh, you know, we'll get complaints, mate. Oh. <laughs> Either that or I'll, I'll get a whole oh, heap of... The complaint will be from me. I'll get a whole heap so of creepy DMs I. from uh, perverts on Twitter. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah but anyway 3ds rock and roll what a system what about you casey what um what's one of your earliest uh memories of oh, buying game related well, products yeah yeah it's hard one of similar to simon with the 3ds but yeah like the same i would just get games and stuff for christmases and birthdays but um yeah the 3ds I got, I would have been around the same time I met Simon. So around the same time you probably bought your 3DS, I would have got mine. But my my funny story about it is I went to the pub with a friend and I always like to play Keno because <laughs> I'm all about winning. Well, we are, <laughs> we are discerning, uh, you know, in our gaming habits here. So, you know, what's wrong with a bit of Aussie That's Keno? That's exactly right. The discerning ga- gambler. And I, and yeah. <laughs> and I um yeah we we played and we both picked the numbers you know together and I was just getting all excited oh you know you know it's not gonna you're not gonna get you know you never win these things and then I think won 120 bucks and I was like wow oh my god that was in the first game mm. and I was losing it so excited and then the second game come on and went, oh no nah, you're not gonna like be happy with 120 oh my god won another 120 we won 240 bucks at the Kino. So he split it, 120 each, and I looked online. The first thing I did was, I really want a 3DS. And I found a 3DS for $120 at Dick Smith. <laughs> <laughs> so I went down and I bought it with my old Kino money. And, yeah, 
that, that's probably wow. my my thing that I bought with my own my own Kino money. Warm, warms the cockles of my heart to hear another feel good gambling story oh, and it. another hundred and twenty dollars for Dick. <laughs> Went down to the Kino, did me spot ten, got myself a Nintendo 3DS, didn't I? Yeah, yeah. It wasn't even a, it wasn't even an XL. It was like a really tiny little 3DS. It was. I so... think XL was out at the time. Yes, so. yeah, it was. Because then yeah, I think I met you, and then oh, we yeah, had XLs anyway. Yeah. True. It'll well, be uh, it'll be interesting to see how they go. I reckon ninety seven. Someone would have bought a Nintendo sixty four like on an opening day. Surely. Put the receipt in the box, and they're just finding it in the back of their cupboard somewhere. And yeah, two and a half grand grand later, they might be the winner. So trust my brother. Sounds like a lot of work for two and a half grand, to be honest. Though. So. Yeah, I wouldn't have a receipt dating <laughs> that far back. Man. Yeah. I think I would, I would. Mom, did you keep the receipts? Where are the receipts? <laughs> I'll just, I'll just stick to uh, stick to buying my games when they go on sale on the yeah. uh, PlayStation Store. That's it. Uh, <laughs> well, moving on uh, from uh, one hundred and twenty dollars to Dick, uh, and we'll go to Simon for a bit of what? news. Uh, to Dick Smith, Casey, don't get your mind out. Well. Of the oh my god! I was like, what? <laughs> I mean, that's how much I spend on Dick just on a <laughs> on a week. Well, just for fun. The the gaming uh, you know aspect of our discernment is very very broad this week. Anyway, uh, yeah, Simon, please continue. What what have we got? What have we oh, got? Oh no no. Have yeah. you heard this? Um, well, well J, JB Crew DG Crew, have you seen this? Have you heard about this? Uh, this week there's been. Uh, a circulating story of um, of what I would say is um, almost rumor mill delights, but a little bit uh, a little bit less sort of uh, rumor mill and a bit of factual evidence being put in here. So, um, industry analysts, uh, Digital Foundry, really smart guys down there. They analyze all sorts of stuff, all the way from um, the gameplay just in trailers. To, to gameplay footage and and gameplay of games that are already out as well. Um, but they have done an in-depth analysis of both of the trailers of Breath of the Wild 2, one being the one that we first saw um, of Link soaring through the sky, through the clouds, and also of that very quick little, you know, two seconds we got um, a couple of weeks ago when Numa actually uh, said that it would be delayed. Um, and they believe that Breath of the Wild 2 is too powerful for Switch hardware. So they're saying that it has perfect anti-aliasing. Um, they're saying that there, there are volumetric clouds, which has never been possible on the Switch before. The, the frame rates and the re- resolution are running at a, a, at a crisp and solid 60 frames per second, 1080p, and they just don't believe that this game is performing on you know, a, a baseline switch. Now, I hear what you're all saying, and I, I can hear it. you're shouting it at me. Are we? Companies do this all the time. That, well, <laughs> I heard it, don't you? Like, uh, companies are doing this all the time, where they're showing us gameplay footage that has been rendered on a PC and stuff like that to, um, to kind of just get you know get a, a trailer out there and render it at the best possible visuals that they can for what state the game's in. But we know for a fact that Nintendo doesn't do this. They'll always show you the product that you're going to get. And I think mm. that there is a lot of credence to this um, digital foundry study that's been done. And um, I'm telling you, and I'm calling it right now, Switch version 2. Whatever it is, it's it's going to be an upgrade of the Switch and it's going to release alongside Breath of the Wild and uh, 2. And Breath of the Wild 2 is going to be same as Breath of the Wild, it's going to come out on sort of older hardware and newer hardware, and I think it will be optimised for that newer hardware. And I tell you what, I will eat my words and I'll drink them down with a nice hot cup of dog, mate, if it's wrong, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure um, that's the way it's going to be, little darling. Well, you heard it here first. Uh, we got the hottest news, uh, Breath of the Wild 2 launching alongside a either upgraded or new version of the Nintendo Switch. This news is... Too hot to handle. All right. <laughs> Handing over to I you, C Mac. I, I hear you've got a, a bit of news for us regarding uh, uh, some rumblings over there at Activision. Some rumblings, I love that. Yeah. Um, I just saw in the news lately that 
the gaming company Vicarious Visions who brought us, you know, the really excellent remakes of, you know, the original Crash Bandicoot games, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2. They're now merging completely with Blizzard Entertainment. So they have already merged with Activision back in, I think it was 2005. You can tell the truth. Yeah, well, no one's going to look it up. Sounds but anyway, um, And, um, yeah, a tweet from the company said the other day that we've officially merged with Blizzard Entertainment. Our development team will remain in Albany, New York, and fully dedicated to Blizzard games. So... Yeah, it's a bit sad, a bit of sad news considering they made the excellent Crash Bandicoot original remakes and are just sort of now merging into the big corporation of crap. Hmm. Well, you heard it here first. Vicarious Visions become part of Blizzard. And this news is too hot to handle. It's all come after the um, the Activision of Blizzard company. They're trying to scramble to repair their... Um, reputation after all those lawsuits about yeah. that toxic work environment. Yeah, after so, um, one of the one of the big bosses there was just going around just uh, manhandling all the the female staff. So, yeah, good uh, good yeah. good place to go, old uh, Activision. Yeah. So makes yeah, just try and buy everyone sad. out and try and yeah, it's just yeah, it is a bit sad and um, oh, yeah, like the the new Crash Bandicoot game was made by uh, Toys for, Toys for Bob. Yeah. Toys for Bob. Yeah. So who knows? Maybe they can take it on. But mm. yeah, it's just it was a really good company. I found and yeah, well, they're just uh, they're second know. to none in regards to their attention to detail for remakes and remasters. I mean, um, those those original Crash trilogy remakes that came out in the uh, in the Insane trilogy, they they were just so well detailed, well yeah. thought out. It was it felt like it was a passion project, even though they're just remaking games. And I mean that that's one of the best remakes i think i've ever played of a game it was did so they, well they didn't do spyro out. did they spyro. no toys for bob did stop spyro as did, well so original because people were saying oh <laughs> you know they were th- hoping that vicarious visions would do the spyro games as well like yeah. make new ones but but i mean we know that we did tony hawks as well like you mentioned before yeah. uh, and um that's yeah. all done so mm. there you go. another one bites the dust well yeah. they're just going to be making uh, overwatch remasters for the rest of their life mm. well you had it here first toys for bob remade Crash Bandicoot. This news is too hot the- to handle. <laughs> what? No, not, not Crash Bandicoot. They remade Spyro, JB. He's a dragon, not a bandicoot. Toys for Bob remade Spyro. This news is too hot to handle. Uh, I agree with Casey, though. I mean, Vicarious Visions, I think they pretty much did every single um, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater port to all the handheld consoles all through the 2000s. I think yeah, they right. did. Yeah, so... Yeah. I don't know. Outside of owning those games on on the consoles, I had you know Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Two on Game Boy Color and all these sort of things, and they they were responsible for making all of them. Yeah. So and they were great games. So yeah, yeah, it's a bit of a shame because you know after doing the remake of one and two, they were probably sitting pretty to do some remakes of some of yeah mm-hmm. my favorite skating games ever, which is the underground games in particular, Unreal. I'd love to see a remake of them, but yes. yum. Mm. Well, yeah. Maybe someone else will do it. Who knows? Maybe, maybe. Well, uh, time to shift gears from the new to the old and time for one of my favourite topics, which is... Retro Gaming. And uh, it's time to step back in time a little bit. And this week, I want to talk about a little game that came out on the original Nintendo Entertainment System... Uh, called Chiller. It's been 84 years <laughs> and I can still smell the fresh paint. Now, straight off the bat, does does anybody uh, amongst the DG crew remember Chiller? I mean, I, I know that I'm probably a little bit older generation than you guys, but have, have, have any of you guys uh, played it, seen it, know about it? This was before oh, my... I remember you talking to me about it, and that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Before all right. my time, JB, but I did do some research and preparation yeah. for this podcast, so I'm interested to see... Uh, get your thoughts. <clears throat> well, Chiller was a, a light gun arcade game uh, originally released in 1986 by Exidy, uh, but an unlicensed port was released for the NES in 1990 by American Game Cartridges in the US 
and in Australia by HES, Home Entertainment Suppliers, with the option of either using the standard NES controller or the NES light gun, which was made famous, uh, of course, in Duck Hunt, mm-hmm. uh, one of the games that uh, shipped with the console when you bought it brand new back in the uh, early 90s. Mm. Um, in the game, the player takes on the role of an unseen torturer who must maim, mutilate, and murder restrained <laughs> non-player characters in a variety of dungeon settings. Uh, few of the NPCs in the game wow. are capable of fighting back, uh, with the challenge element lying in how quickly the player can cause each of the victims to die. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a, pretty, oh, let me add it. a pretty bright and bubbly game. Um, One for the kids. I, I remember. I remember seeing it uh, originally at my mate, uh, my mate Matt Hewitson's place. It was uh, awesome. Like it was just. It was so incredibly gory for an NES game, and and even really to, to today's standards, um, still, you know, just incredibly gory. So the first two levels um, uh, show uh, human NPCs restrained by medieval torture devices. And the player must discover how to kill these characters in the shortest possible amount of time. Um, although it is possible to shoot them to death, um, the, the, doing that is, is inefficient as direct shots only result in chunks of flesh being blown away, uh, leaving the victims alive uh, you know, for a longer period of time. So instead, the challenge lies in finding ways to activate the torture devices, resulting in quicker and bloodier deaths. So, for example, there's, uh, there's a dude sort of laying... Uh, with his head in like a vice type thing and you work out that if you shoot the handle of the vice it it screws the vice down and just sort of crushes his head and causes you know blood and guts to ooze out the uh the sides um there was like a uh, you know what's one of those um things that it's like it's like a sarcophagus that stands up and it's got spikes on the inside and you you sort of shut that on someone and it sort of you know spikes them can't remember what the the device that you're describing is called, but yeah, I can well, it's one it. of them anyway. Of them. And you, yeah. you, you shoot. <laughs> I don't have one in my dungeon, so I couldn't tell you. <laughs> yeah, well, you, you shoot that, and it, it slams shut on this dude, and all you know, blood and guts goes flying everywhere. Like it was just so freaking gory. Like um, after the first two levels, though, the um, uh, the game transitions into a more traditional shooting game. Uh, where the player is killing paranormal creatures such as zombies, ghosts, and mummies. Um, some people consider Chiller to be the most gratuitously violent video game released up to that point in mm. time. Um, it's the only game to have ever been permanently banned in the United Kingdom. Mm. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> Which is incredible when you think wow. about some of the stuff that's graced uh, our, our screen since then. Uh, yeah, Mortal Kombat, anyone? Um, the gameplay includes uh, shooting the appendages of living people who are bound and chained in a dungeon setting. Um, basically, the goal is to shoot everything there is on the screen, both animated characters and inanimate elements of the background. Um, there are four stages, if you like, detailing various horror scenarios and settings, a torture chamber, a rack room, a hallway and a cemetery. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, we had Chiller. Mum and Dad bought it for us for like Christmas <clears throat> or birthday or something one year. Just not knowing. No. One of those situations where no. uh, just just yeah. oblivious, you know. Well, probably well, thought, oh, this is just a this is just a game about putting <laughs> beers in the esky. Well, I mean, up to, up to that point, you know, <laughs> the games that we had on NES, we had like uh, you know. Super Mario, um, the Super Mario Duck Hunt uh, mm. combo. Um, we had uh, Dig Dug. There were, were just there were pretty pretty tame sort of games that we had. California games, you know, just stuff that was fairly innocuous. And then yeah. uh, I've said to Mum, "Oh, you know, can we get Chiller?" Yeah, yeah. And uh, on on the the case, <laughs> like it, it just looks like a game that's sort of got a bit of a Halloween sort of theme. You know, there's there's ghosts. There's a there's a tombstone, um, you know, sort of depicted on the on the um, on the front cover, and oh, I think I'm just having a look. I reckon I've got a picture of it saved here. No, I don't. But anyway, the um, 
but the tombstone said i think it says your name here or something on it mm. um and uh you know so it just just looks like a sort of spooky halloween sort of themed game but yeah. um oh boy once you once you fire <laughs> that bad boy up um it'll make Ooh. you uh, put hair on your chest yeah for sure and back then as well like you said you know Kids these days are probably exposed to a bit more things which are a bit more crazy. But back then, as video games are sort of on the up and, yeah. I think I'd even be reluctant to show it to my kids. Oh, well, again. Uh, you know, these days, to be honest. Yeah, but, I um, mean, I suppose, yeah, these days that game wouldn't get made and published. So, again, yeah, that's well. probably... But, it, yeah, it sounds like a bit of an interesting one. When you when you said you were going to talk about it, JV, I sort of looked into it just so I could have a bit of a background. And I went down a massive, you know never-ending loop of articles about this game and all this controversy and stuff like this. And I found some good articles around one of the guys actually worked on the game and he was sort of explaining, he went to this company and they, the, you know, the bosses of the company were like, just make the most, you know, biggest shock value. This is what we want to do. We want to do something that'll, you know, get people talking for the right and wrong reasons and this is what they come up with. So, Well, no, yeah. publicity is bad publicity, That's is it? That's it, yeah. I think the biggest story is that company... I can't remember we said that epi what was it off the top there uh the game was released by exidy exidy yeah i think they maybe we were sort of on the downward trend or something and they were looking for something to get them back put them back on the map and this was yeah this sort of this last ditch attempt to get something out there that would yeah put them on the map and get people talking and moving copies and stuff like that and i'd love to have seen the the arcade game release of it yeah i mean um it would have been amazing. Yeah. Wonder if there's many of them still out in the uh, in the wild. The old know. chiller not, arcade. Not game. in the UK. Not in the oh, UK. No, well, yeah. no, no. <laughs> so yeah, n- not fine to have uh, chiller released, but okay to have Grand Theft Auto Five, where a prostitute is literally saying to your character, "Is it alright if I spit on your dick?" Uh, as you're uh, having sex with her in a car. So you know. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, let, oh yeah that's that's real that's yeah. real so yeah let's let's not let, let's ban chiller you know uh, oh an arcadey sort of shooter with a bit <laughs> yeah. of blood and guts but i uh, will let that let other one go through the keeper and i mean the mortal Kombat games i remember being around at your place i don't know what release that would have been jb where you bought it and then you got it from new zealand because... yeah I had to import it from uh yeah. our uh our Kiwi friends across the Tasman. Yeah, and I, I remember being at your place and sitting on the couch and watching you, you know, pull people's spines out from their through their neck and yeah, yeah, and uh, <laughs> of course the the infamous uh, Kung Lao fatality with his spinning hat that gets embedded into the ground and then he just sort of drags the uh, opposing character <laughs> over it like a like a table saw and just uh, you know holds up the two halves, uh, exposing uh, all the the insides. insides. Wow. So yeah, perfectly fine to have that out in the UK, but uh, not chiller. No. Uh, oh well, the discerning game of this week is brought to you by <laughs> MA15 Plus slash R18. The two yeah. things that you got to look out for when you're getting videos at the video store. <laughs> Mum. Mamma mia! All right, <clears throat> Ferg, uh, what what would you like to cover off for your retro game highlight this week? Yeah, so for my retro game, I wanted to talk about a game called Raptor: Call of the Shadows. It's been eighty-four years, <laughs> and I can still smell the fresh paint. <laughs> so, Raptor: Call of the Shadows was it's described as a vertically scrolling shooter. So using your imagination basically when you were playing the game you had control of a raptor which was essentially a fighter jet and you could go you know up down left and right on the screen but at the same time the map underneath you was on a conveyor belt kind of thing so the map was sort of you know underneath the plane was moving while you were moving around on the i don't know does that make sense so this is like like a yeah, like a yeah, physical conveyor belt, like an arcade. No, game no, no. Or... It was no, no, no. It was like you were flying forward. No, it's like a rail shooter. Yeah, sort yeah. of. So it just you're on a rail, you keep going in one direction, kind of thing. You don't. You yeah. Can't go. I'm not explaining it very well, but basically, the map's moving underneath you. Yeah. In okay. a forward motion, as you're just sort of going up and up and around. So, what what uh, what platform was this title? This on? this was a MS DOS. Classic, uh, so the old, the old four eight six. That's it. This one was uh, this one was developed by Cygnus Studios and published by Apogee Software. Um, not, oh, Apogee, yeah, famous for Duke Nukem three D. That's it. Yeah, that's shake one of, it, baby. 
Yeah, I think this one was just after. So this one was released on <laughs> <laughs> on April's Fool's Days of all. So it's just April's Fool's Day of 1994. So it's just celebrated its 28th anniversary. Um, but yeah, interestingly, there was next to no story uh, as far as a plot for this game. Basically, all you were given was that, you know, it's... It's in the future and you're a mercenary flying this advanced raptor and you're sent on interplanetary missions to basically destroy competitors of a company called Megacorps. Who Megacorps are, what they do and, and whatever, you're never told. You're basically just going through these these planets, going through these levels and just shooting down everything inside and being rewarded financially for it. Well, Megacorps just sounds evil right yeah. off the bat, you know. Uh... Yeah, so I don't... I, I think, <laughs> I think you were sort of an e- evil mercenary type player anyway, but, you know, you just go through... I think there were three worlds and you just play these levels and they were filled with different kind of enemies, you know, planes that would fly in different... They'd sort of come in waves and they'd fly in different sort of formations and they had different weaponry and they'd shoot different directions and stuff like that. But in between the missions, you'd basically, with all the money you've earned by shooting down these planes, you'd go and... Um, you'd sell it at this place called the Supply Room, which was interestingly called Harold's Death Emporium. And at the, the Death Emporium... <laughs> and I went back and had a look and I got a chuckle because the guy looks like... And I can't remember what his name is, but the dude, Star Trek, X-Men in the wheelchair. Oh, Patrick Stewart. Patrick Stewart. It's Patrick Stewart with an eye patch. So you'd go and see this Harold character <laughs> in between levels and with all this money, you'd basically upgrade weapons and shields and you could buy all these different things. I think there was there was one in the levels you'd go against bosses at the end. So there was an upgrade to get a scanner, which would show you the health of the boss. And the other thing that you'd, you know, you just grind levels four was to get these things called mega bombs which were basically nukes that you could basically save up i think you could have five at most and you'd, you'd basically bank them and then when you'd get to the bosses in the level you just throw these mega bombs at them and blow them up but yeah that's uh, a blast from the past i think yeah 94 i would have been playing 95 at six years old or something on, on my dad's old ms dos computer but yeah good fun and it again it had a sweet soundtrack it had that great you know classic 90s sort of sound to it and I think it's one of my earliest memories of like an introduction to a game, which you'd sort of get every time we turn it on and you'd be like, yeah, that's pretty sweet. And they'd have this mm. little cool thing of you in a plane and you'd have the, uh, had the, it had a skull on the side of the plane and then it would just flash to you shooting down a plane and you flying off. And yeah, well, you've like, got to yeah. have the skull on the side yeah, of the plane. That's, that's it. Uh, mandatory for any Absolutely. fighter pilot, really. So there's a, well, I'm not, it's not a remaster, but it's up on Steam. Someone did an emulated version, so you can go and play it if you wanted. But yeah, good fun back you in the 90s. You do know what the next question is we're going to ask now that we know it's up on Steam. That's it. Have you pre-ordered? No, I haven't. It's no. been out for a while. I think it was oh, okay. 20, <laughs> 20, 2015 it came out. Post, but, uh, post-ordered then. No, I haven't post-ordered either, but maybe no. I will. Post-ordered. Ah, uh, you got to got to get into it. For, yeah. It's fun to go back and relive some of these old, uh, Couple of these these old games. They're, they're just classics, mate. What, what can you say? Absolutely. Well, that was Raptor Call of the Shadows. Uh, Simon, what uh, what game would you like to discuss for our retro game highlights this week? Oh, we've all just been just licking the Game Boy today, so I think we're <laughs> going to go right back in time to 1992 when I was a toddler and was drinking wine off the table in Christmas. And then a few years after that, when I actually played this game, it's Super Mario Land 2, the six golden coins. It's been 84 years and I can still smell the fresh paint. Sorry, mate. I went early on the, uh, on the, that, uh, that soundbite. So no, you went just in, just in time, Joel. We, I, I we blew did early it all at the same time. We came at the same time, mate. It's okay. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's the main thing. I will stop. Uh, anyway. Wow. So, uh, you really want me to get so, those those DMs from the pervs on Twitter this week, don't you, hey? I'm just waiting for them to flood you with um, mail. Uh, anyway, um, so Super Mario Land 2 and the Six Golden Coins. This, to me, is still to this day one of my all-time favourite 2D Mario experiences. It is um, probably just a smidge ahead of Super Mario World. And I say that with a lot of affection because this game is, I think, a little bit ahead of its time. Um, Being on the Game Boy as well, I mean, 
it was a super original game. It had a, you, you know, straight after Super Mario Land 1, where you're just going from level to level to level, this game actually had, you know, a saving function. You'd be able to go all the way through all of this this game and collect um, coins in order to get into Wario's castle. It's the first time we see Wario as well, um, to reclaim back your island. And, I mean... You know, you're cruising around a little map going to different um, worlds and then you're going into those worlds and there's levels and then a boss at the top. And, I mean, it's super kooky. It's just very original. It's unlike any other Mario game that's out there. It's, it was kind of like, for me, the Mario Odyssey of, the, of 1992. Yeah. It, was, it was just so completely different mm. to the rest of the Mario universe. And I think that's what makes it so good. And that's why it's stuck in my mind all this time because... It just feels like a completely original experience. And, um, I mean, the gameplay was super slick. The power-ups were really cool. Yeah. Um, all the boss fights were super fun. Um, when you get to Wario's Castle, it's mega hard, but it's awesome. And, you know, you're fighting Wario and he kind of looks like he's had a couple of too many beers and he's, you know, a bit deranged. And it's just really cool. I mean... I feel I love, like I love that game. Yeah, that's one of the first Mario games I've played was on the Game Boy, and I, I, I was saying to you yesterday, I thought I introduced you to the game. No, <laughs> on, I didn't know a, you back in nineteen. No, I mean we got a port. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, but I don't know if you guys have played this game, but it is it legitimately even to this day still a great game to go back and play. It still holds up. It, it's just a lot of fun. Um, yeah, and, and a lot of variety in the worlds as well. You go to one world, which is all like toys, and you go to one world, which is in, underwater. Underwater. In and lava. And yeah. one world in space, if you do everything really well, you go all the way up to space. I mean, what the hell? And you're wearing like, um, you know, a space helmet and stuff like that. And the, the gravity on the moon is like the moon. It just feels like, like I said, Mario Odyssey in 1992, um, you know, another level where there's a, a bird at the top and you're climbing the tree. And I'm just like, wow, this game rocks. So, um, yeah, if you haven't played it, guys, you've got you to gotta go back and go back in time. Just go back in time and into the cartridge and pop it in. Um, if, you know, I've got it on the 3DS as well. I got it on Virtual Console on the 3DS because it just is is um, still one of the best games of all time. Put it out there right now. Okay. I reckon, I, I, reckon I did actually have that one. Um, I'm struggling to remember it. It's on the very fringes of what I can remember uh, Game Boy-wise. But, um, yeah, I, I, I loved all those Super Mario games yeah. and the Wario games and all that when they came out on the Game Boy. They were amazing. Yeah, for sure. Uh, all right. Uh, yeah. Casey, what about uh, what about your retro game highlight? What have, what have you got for us? Have you heard about this? Have you heard about oh. this? Have you have you have you heard about this very new new game? No, I'm wanting to talk about the amazing Theme Hospital came out in it's 1997. Been 84 years, and I can still smell the fresh paint. <laughs> the theme Theme Hospital yes, is near and dear hospital. to my heart as well. Uh, Casey oh. um, loved it. What Absolutely is it about Theme it. Hospital? I don't know what I. The first time I got it was I got my tonsils out and I that I got it as a sort of a get well gift from a neighbor. I don't know, it's a big gift. Oh, wow, pretty pretty nice but, neighbor. Uh, yeah. I know, it was insane. I was very excited and it I reckon it's probably one of my most played like, earliest most besides Sims. I, I thrashed this game to death. I did not stop playing it. If I if you gave it to me now, I'd keep playing it still. It's that great. But um yeah, it's just a point-and-click kind of hospital simulation game with just hilarious diseases that you can try and cure, like bloaty head, where you get an inflation room where your patient comes in and they just pop it with a big needle. <laughs> <laughs> you either die or you don't. And there's, you know, slack tongue where you come in with just a gigantic tongue and they just put it in sort of like a, um, oh, what do you call it? Like a, the a slicer. Oh, no, not a sieve. The slicer right? was Isn't the name of the... Yeah. Sort of like like a, a pair of rollers with a with a guillotine at the other end, yes. and it would just sort of roll That's, their tongue through yeah. and then cut it off. Uh, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and you may live, you may die. Who knows? It depends on how well you've researched the uh, room. But yeah, it was just it was just amazing. Like you could reach different goals as you progress through the game, and 
you know, you work at different hospitals. So you pass a level by curing a certain amount of people. And then, yeah, you move to a different hospital where there's, you know, heaps of rubbish on the ground and you've got to hire lots of janitors to clean up. And yeah, it was just really fun. And um, that was always the biggest, really cool biggest about- pain in the ass about theme hospital was you, you get your hospital gets a little <clears throat> bit dirty and then all of a sudden you get this, <clears throat> this corridor of people just vomiting everywhere continuously. <laughs> and, and next thing you know, you've got oh, mice. And you just can't... You, when there was a bug in the hospital, oh, it was you just vomit city, wasn't it? You just can't rope it in once once that starts <laughs> happening like because someone vomits. I used to have so much trouble, yeah. And then someone else smells the vomit and they vomit and then next thing you know, you've just got a, a corridor that's a river of vomit, you know, uh, floating But what away. I don't understand is everyone's vomiting and, but, and that just triggers everyone to start littering at the same time. Yeah. And then the janitors, <laughs> are, the janitors are wandering around watering plants uh, while, you know, your, your hospital's <laughs> turning into a wall-to-wall vomitorium. He's sitting there. Yeah, you're just sitting there hiring like 6,000 janitors while you have about two doctors trying to work in the GP clinic. Oh, this just sounds like the public health system, really. <laughs> yeah, it's just... What is a sim game? It's meant to be a simulation um, of real life. Uh, it is a simulator. It's meant to be, yeah, exactly. But yeah, I love this game. I still love it. And um, yeah, some of the uh, workers from, from Theme Hospital actually got together and have now created Two Point Studios Company mm. and have come out with two i don't know if you guys have heard of two point two point hospital which is a, yeah you know, one, one of my fa- I, lo- I love that game i never played the original um theme hospital but yeah the two point games i love them they were unreal. ah yeah. yeah and you know what's you know what's funny yeah two point hospital it's real i was like mm, can it can i like something as much as theme hospital but i thought you know what if the original creators are on this then you must be not bad and it's excellent it's mm. really lived up to my expectations i love it it's very difficult though yeah. and um yeah i'm really looking forward to two point campus that they're going to come out with soon i think in the next month or so but um uh, yeah just that's i love that game yeah 9th of august because i was going to comment on that as well casey so two point campus two point campus yeah 9th of august which is the new game in that oh, in that franchise so, so so there's like a simulation of a of a college or i'm know, assuming it's going like to be that. similar Ooh, premise yes. but it'll be based on yeah at a university yeah. as opposed to a hospital so so you guys uh, your opinion yeah. uh, would uh, two point hospital be one to to scoop up and and have a go at Oh, definitely. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. It's it's incredible. It's fun. And yeah, it it really expands on what theme hospital sort of lacked in. So kind of well trying to think. It's a great combination. Yeah, just more upgrades of the machines and stuff like that. So you can actually, you know, and and, yeah, there's lots of natural disasters that happen in the game a bit more. So it really adds on another level of difficulty, which theme hospital didn't have. So yeah. Yeah, it's a great it's a great combination between, you know, simulating running a hospital as well as the funny zany side of you know funny conditions that you yeah. need a cure of people and stuff like that it's yeah and the art style's unreal they're really cool games to look at but mm. yeah that theme hospital and lots of cool just even the music even the music's really mm. cool and the um the little announcements they make i really i used to like the little announcements in theme hospital they were irritating, but you know, yeah. made the game. But um, yeah, Two Point Hospital. It's got like a really nice little radio background setting on yeah, music to play while you're playing, and yeah, it's cool. Yeah, so that new one definitely be one. If you've played any of these games before and you've liked them, then yeah, there's a new game on on the horizon. And I'm assuming they're going to take everything Can't that wait. they've learned and add new things and make it and tweak mm-hmm. them and make them better. So, but well, yeah, that you that, heard it here first. Yeah. Two Point Hospital is too hot to handle. <laughs> But yeah, theme hospital. So that... many, so much breaking news tonight. I know we're dropping all the uh, all the bombs on the hot goss. But that that was like a, a fantastic time for those simulation games. You know, we had theme hospital, yeah. but then it was also the beginning of the theme Sims park. theme park, and then early two thousands. You know, yeah. there was Sim City and Roller Coaster Tycoon, and just these amazingly fun, you know, resource management essentially games, simulation games. Um, yeah, it was a great time. Well, just just on that, like um, while we're, while we're in the the retro gaming room, I I do want to cover off one other game. Uh, so I'm going to take you back to the year 1994, and uh, this this game uh, came out on MS DOS and 
3DO, which I, I don't even really remember what the 3DO was. You're not doing Rapture again, are you? No, so. this this is a game called Quarantine. <laughs> Quarantine. It's been how? 84 years. And I can still smell the fresh paint. <laughs> now, if, you've, if you never saw I've Quarantine, the, 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 the box of the game was literally a windscreen wiper clearing blood off a, a windscreen. So that, that was the image on the, <laughs> the, the game box. Um, so it was actually uh, also uh, ported to PlayStation and the Sega Saturn uh, later on by a couple of different developers and, and renamed as Hard Rock Cab and Death Throttle. Uh, respectively. So the premise of the game is the player drives a taxi cab through a post-apocalyptic city, picking up customers and killing enemies in the process. Uh, Due to the gratuitous violence, uh, the game was controversial at the time of release. Well, you know, back there we we are again. It's probably banned in the UK. Um, So the (laughs) the primary gameplay loop of Quarantine consists of using a weapon equipped taxi to pick up passengers deliver packages, and defeat enemies. In between missions, the player replenishes the taxi's ammunition and armor by visiting service stations marked on the player's map. Uh, Missions send the player through Chemo City's various districts and uh, progression from uh, one zone to the next is blocked by password-protected gates until the player has completed enough story missions to advance. Mm. So quarantine for for its time was a required a really powerful PC when it when it came out and uh, one of the original ads in magazines for the game used the slogan if you've got the ram we've got the pedestrians so this <laughs> this game really set the stage this this game really set the stage for titles that came after like Carmageddon mm. and mm. even the Grand Theft Auto uh, franchises uh, from when Grand Theft Auto 3 uh, came on the scene mm. and uh Quarantine long before Grand Theft Auto Three uh, uh, brought the the um, premise to their game, employed the drive-by shooting tactic of using the Uzi to shoot out from the side windows of your cab as you were mm. driving around. And I remember if you had a, a a passenger in your cab that you didn't particularly like, you could fire an ejection seat and launch them through the roof of your cab and then you would sort of see them falling in front of your cab off in the distance and you could just you could just gun them down while they were falling or, or just accelerate and just smash through them as soon as they hit the the ground so it was it's incredibly violent incredibly mm. violent but bloody good fun yeah i mean even like i'm thinking on top of my head now like wolfenstein doom they all came out same time period mm. and that was a similar thing i mean they were pretty Violent, I suppose, blasting demons and you know Nazis, yeah, and, mechanized Hitlers, yeah, and mechanized Hitlers and all sorts. This is uh, yeah. what about what about Carmageddon? Who played Carmageddon? Do you remember remember Carmageddon? Yeah, I remember. I didn't play that one. That was what system are we talking? Is that PlayStation at that point? Uh, it came out on PC, but I think uh, I think later versions of it might have come out on PlayStation. But Carmageddon was essentially a, a destruction derby. Um, we had uh, a whole heap of collateral damage from pedestrians that were also out there on the on the on the yeah. the, the course, you know. And, yeah, yeah. You know, Carmageddon. If you if you just sort of bumped a pedestrian, they would sort of they would sort of gib, and you know, blood and guts would go flying everywhere. But then Carmageddon Two uh, released sort of pedestrians that were sort of destructible in terms of. You could you could just knock off an, a leg or an arm, or you know, uh, if you if you sort of jumped your car at the right height and just clipped their head, you could just smash the head off and you know leave the body behind and all that. Yeah, right, crazy. Vehicular oh. combat video game, ninety seven. The original came out. Come on, Simon. Don't tell me you've never played Carmageddon. I've never played Carmageddon <laughs> in <laughs> my entire life. I've lived Carmageddon, but I've never played it. <laughs> On the mean streets of Adelaide. Never played it. Yeah. Mean streets of Adelaide. Bang. Never played it. Though. Well, if you've got the Ram, we've got the pedestrians. <laughs> and uh, that's about it for this week uh, on the Descending Gamer podcast. Uh, as always, I'd like to thank uh, the DG crew for being with me this week. Uh, thank you to Ferg, Fergus, Fergamon Hamilton. Thanks, JB. 
And uh, thank you to you to Simon Steely McLaughlin. Joel, there is never a time in my life where I'm not more happy to hear you say thank you. <laughs> and, of course, last but not least, uh, Casey C-Mac McLaughlin. Thanks, C-Mac. Thanks, Joel. Thank you. And as always, if you want to get in touch with us here at the Discerning Gamer podcast, we are Discerning Pod on Twitter. We are the Discerning Gamer on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, sorry, not Facebook and Twitter. We're on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, well, we've got about 17 followers at the moment, so feel free to give us a follow if you uh, you know want to be uh, be feeling particularly generous. And uh, we are the uh, Discerning Gamer Podcast at gmail.com if you want to drop us a line there. But uh, we would certainly love to hear your news and reviews and uh, uh, drop us a five star on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we'll see you next week. See ya. See ya.